Guys, welcome back and thank you for joining me again to my mental health podcast, which I believe that would be the third the third episode. Yeah. I believe this will be the third episode or so. And on this episode, I want to speak about diagnose and I want to speak about treatment. And I think we can do it together. One thing that I forgot to mention and is super important, I like to say to myself that I am literally a professor to of life and death. That's like my profession. Because from the age of nine, and I consider that as... as I consider that is also part of the of the symptoms from the age of nine till nowadays I did everything in my power to understand death to understand life to analyze everything I can possibly do on a daily basis every second that I'm awake and not doing something else whatever I watch is a trigger for me whenever I watched my loved ones just by seeing them is a trigger on its own lately to avoid a trigger I spend more time with people that I care less about because they don't trigger the the feeling of appreciation that I have as much as when I see my sister, my parents, my best friend. I don't I don't dare to fall in love. Like I'm open to it. I will not stop it, but that fact is terrifying me at the same time my nature is to go deep and discover the person in front of me because i have ocd so it's a very very tricky situation when for me all the good things are a trigger the sun is shining it's a trigger why because it brings up the thought that everything is temporary and when it comes to existential ocd everything that exists is for you a trigger and everything that the meaning is not completely established is your own project and when it comes to life and death while having a condition that is obsessive about that i went as deep as i can possibly with every theory that is out there with every story with every person that i could reach to that experienced this and that recrimination or whatever you say it ghost whatever i fed my ocd my existential ocd so strongly throughout time maybe it fucked me up even more probably i can answer whatever you want about life and death do i have the answer still no no one does does this logic stops me from looking no am i tired yes i'm tired so i'm trying to avoid nowadays answers and this is my biggest struggle to just focus it now and and live in now without what if but i guess one of the symptoms and that's what i'm trying to say if i summarize everything that i just said your obsession causes you to go as deep as you can possibly go with every aspect involved life and death i have such deep realizations and conclusions about life and death that I I dare not to even say them. I I feel I feel disconnected from other people for my insights. I feel like an outcast. I feel like I I'm ashamed to share them because I feel like people will not understand. Because for me, it took years to develop 
from the age of nine till the age of 29, two decades. And I feel like there's no chance that the person in front of me will understand what I just said as deep as I'm trying to say it. Furthermore, there's no chance that the, that the person in front of me will appreciate me for saying that. Probably going to be scared of me, think I'm a lunatic or whatever. It's just a different level of deepness of truth that I was walking and I was a slave for in the last 20 years. And it's, I think it's fair to say that one of the symptoms is extreme loneliness because you don't feel comfortable sharing the thoughts that you have. You don't feel comfortable to be as deep because the borders and the limits are getting very, very blurry. You don't know what other people experience beside of the fact that it's quite different than what you do and that you went quite far than they did. You just become your own, your own prison of your own thoughts and they manage you at this point and it's very lonely. It's very lonely and it's very rare to find someone that can hold it and as often as you'd like to, to not feel alone. I was blessed to have friends and family like I do, but I never felt comfortable to be, to dive as deep as it really is with anyone. And I'm afraid to, I don't want to scar anyone. It's very lonely. This condition is very, very lonely. And if you are strong enough, you may be able to fill yourself with other things. So it will not be lonely anymore or less lonely. I'm going back to the part of the diagnose and I'll try to make it quick because I want to keep this one practical. Throughout the years, I was diagnosed with many, many things by many, many doctors and professors, again, from the age of nine. Some of these experiences were also unpleasant for me. I forced my mom one day to take me to a doctor to see why I don't have eyelashes and she didn't really took it like back then I still had a few eyelashes, like most of it, but I like noticed the missing part. And I wanted to go to the doctor for that, even though I knew that I was the one who took them. And I went to the doctor and he said he was Russian and very, very cold. <laughs> and he was like, I don't know what to tell you. Your daughter is just sitting and picking on her eyelashes and just taking them off on her own and blah, blah, blah. That was unpleasant. <laughs> And I'm like, but why so rough? <laughs> I'm a child. Why so in your face? And I was denying everything. And like two days after the guilt ate me alive. Guilt is another symptom that really, really, really involves strongly with OCD. I cannot lie even about what I ate this afternoon because if I do, I am filled with guilt and I feel like I need to report to someone, to the relevant person, or I cannot sleep at night. So I just went after two days with a panic attack to my mom about lying to her. <laughs> and I'm like, I lied to you. I, I did it. I maybe I'm crazy blah 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 so I was diagnosed by many many doctors and many characters at some point I was taking these pills that are like not chemicals and they're like specifically for you but these pills were not right with the diagnosis as well so they had no effect Homeo homeopathic pills I guess the name is that didn't help as well I went to tons of diagnosed for my for my IQ for my ADHD ADD a whatever blah 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 I was diagnosed with OCD 
be only later on down the line at the age of 26 that was the first time that someone said OCD till then they shoved me with Ritalin whatever and I don't blame anyone it was just different times it was literally 20 years ago we know better now some of them one of them made me to like pop balloons as if that will help me like to expose me into fear in order to get over the fear which only caused worse than that i only found an effective treatment after the army i realized on myself on my own that i have ocd when i started to count things like a crazy person whatever but when it comes to my exist existential ocd i could not grasp the concept that it's only me with this obsessive thoughts that at this point manage my life there must be a name to it there must be someone else out there that have the same thing now i didn't know but at some point I was a year ago I was sitting with my therapist at the time and that was a conversation of that was like a wrap-up conversation before I was a second from killing myself that was a conversation of what's the point and what's the benefit of dying and blah 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 and that's what I feel like is the right thing for me I'm tired I'm saying my farewell that's what I'm doing and at some point in that session I, I'm I was really upset and I said you need to tell me what this thing is and she looked at me and it, as if she didn't want to tell me and then she said that this is an existential OCD and I spent the next I don't know how long reading about this diagnosis that felt right on the spot. I understood within a few weeks of reading non-stop literally from morning to night because mind you I did not work at this time I was just feeding it. I managed to understood how my ADHD works hand in hand with my regular OCD or whatever you call it and my existential OCD um, I was going intensely to therapy I guess what I'm trying to say here you will have before that when it comes to my hair I was diagnosed as trichomanian person which is someone who's obsessed with taking his hair off I didn't have the words to explain back then or the realization to explain back then that Taking my hair off was never the issue. That was never the that was never the goal. It was a tool to deal or was it a symptom for whatever it is that I'm experiencing. It wasn't the direct cause. Hair was never an issue for me. It was just a tool. It was just something. It was just a symptom. But I was diagnosed as trichomanian as well and I never felt right with that that diagnosed but since they diagnose you so you dive in with whatever diagnosis that it might be i was diagnosed so many times with so much bullshit no one ever treated me with acid beside myself no one ever told me what i have unless i asked i think that one of the main reasons why i'm doing this podcast is for people to see if they relate and then maybe try to read a bit and diagnose themselves one of the things which is the only thing that i will recommend sincerely with no doubt, I had another diagnosis, which was part of the therapy that I'm taking nowadays. And this diagnosed was part of a process called neurofeedback. Neurofeedback, I will explain later on down the line, but the neurofeedback reads your brain. And I, while I didn't know or understood, they read my brain 
and they saw that I have a hyperactivity when it comes to the waves in my brain. My hyperactivity, well, you can be diagnosed with um, an average activity of your, of your brain uh, when it comes to the wave system, the electric system, which is one of the systems. And in that case, you're probably going to be fine. If you have a low activity, that can cause many things. If, if you have a high activity like me, which is literally the highest one that can possibly be if there was a higher color than this pink fuchsia that they had there then I had that color but if you have this overactivity I can say for my for myself and from what I know that will cause you anxiety attacks for sure it's not your fault it's not your fault Kapara in my case this brain this side of the brain and this side here and here are extremely hyper they don't rest ever and I don't control them, which cause in this part to a severe depression and this part to um, severe anxiety, which nowadays we know as panic. And there is treatment to that, which I will speak about, but this is the only scientific diagnosis that I have. And this diagnosis was extremely important to understand what my brain is going through because now I know that there's a clinical depression and there's this anxiety and it's not a dream and that I was born with it. My waves activity was I was born with it. It was triggered and manipulated throughout life, rather if it was pills, drugs and experiences, but I was born with it. And so this is extremely important to explain to people because these conditions comes with so much guilt and you feel so low and your confidence may, may be harmed so badly. This is not you. No one wished that things to themselves. You need to understand I was born that way. And you might have as well. It's worth go checking. Later on down the line, we also discovered, and that cost a lot of money, that the chemical system in my brain, which is what the doctors like to call the stupid system of the brain, because it's very easy to manipulate. But my chemical system in the brain was never balanced as well. That means that you or an average person don't produce as much as I do, or I don't produce as much as they do, as far as it comes the chemicals in my brain my whatever is responsible for my happiness dopamine neutron neuron whatever things that I forgot by now and I don't give a fuck at this point it's not important is not receiving the waves as much as you do and therefore does not release the same so I was in a way doomed to have these panic attacks that I do and it's not my fault and it's not your fault and there's no point to feel guilty about it there are treatments if your heart don't work as it should work you should take pills for that and there's no discounts in it there's no side corners there's no cutting corners when your heart doesn't function you take pills when you have a high cholesterol you take pills when you have low or high blood pressure you take pills and you got forbid when you got forbid have cancer you also take pills so if it happened that your brain doesn't function as the average person, 
What is the issue taking pills for that as well? It's the most ridiculous taboo we have nowadays in our society. Now that we passed and got over the whole gay thing, which was stupid as well to dismiss them just because of where they like it and how they like it. How is this your business? I don't understand. You're there? No. You're required to do anything? No. So why you're not involved in my sex life as much as you are with that gay person? But anyway, completely different subject. There is still a taboo around the, the pills. And I know that with the diagnosis and the treatment, I'm going here into different corners. But what can you do? It goes along together. So you can consider this episode of the podcast as diagnosis and treatment all together. But what is important to, to understand? These pills that people say, I don't believe in them. I don't want to take them blah, blah, blah. nonsense i'm not saying you should take pills for whatever but if you're truly suffering if you're like me that it managed you instead of you managing it you understand that you have a very 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 limited time here when it comes if you want to put it in perspective of the in a time frame that is endless a million years before you endless years after you you are not even a drop in the ocean there's really not a pin in the forever time scale of this universe that you even exist there's nothing that you have beside of yourself and this tiny little amount of time that you have here don't you want to spend it wisely don't you want to enjoy it are you enjoying it while you're suffering what are you proving by not taking the pills that you need to take what are you achieving by not becoming who you can be because you are distracted by whatever if you need to take pills take the pills this is my personal opinion i'm not a doctor it's a condition like any other so when it comes to my brain i was born with the extra activity here and the lack of activity there which can be fixed with what i'm about to say now and this is the treatment part super easy not going to go too deep on that me personally with what i have i definitely recommend what's this name cbt treatment which is cognitive behavior treatment so basically what it does it touch many 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 subjects in your life but it's without you even noticing it's focused on what's your reaction to what you're experiencing so they're trying to teach you how to behave with yourself when you are uncomfortable so let's say that you have an anxiety attack what can you possibly do to relieve yourself in a healthy way so you can be stronger for the next panic attack and it's a process and it goes obviously deeper than that but it's something that if you do feel trapped in yourself or managed by this on any level this is something that i i suggest for you to go and look into try a certain therapist for about two months if you feel like you didn't reach a certain level or some kind of results even if it's not the complete, the end game. But if you didn't reach to some kind of significant results, move on to the next therapist. We're all humans. Don't give up on a therapy just because this one didn't work for you or because you decided to say this mantra of I don't believe in. Second, pay good money to a psychiatrist. The psychiatrist have no interest, no personal interest to shove you pills that not going to help you and going to harm his name. His job is to give you pills. That's true. But his job is determined successful or not by the match of his pills to you. And he will be available for you if he is a good one. Okay? If you feel like you lost control over your condition, there's wonderful pills nowadays who the next generation and have zero side effects. I've been warned that I will gain weight. I've been warned that my levido will go down. 
I've been warned that my liver will be shot. The truth is, my liver is completely fine. <laughs> I'm as skinny as I used to be, and sometimes even more, I didn't gain weight. Happier people eat more and then maybe they gain weight. But that's that's a completely different story and that's up to you. When it comes to my lavido, because I'm happier, <laughs> it's higher than it ever was. <laughs> Um, I didn't even thought that I'm a person with good, I don't know, lavido. <laughs> um, apparently I am. <laughs> apparently I am. I didn't really see myself as a sexual person till I got some time in my brain to actually think about these happy things beside of my anxiety. But yeah, for sure. I, it did wonders with me. Don't you be mistaken, I still have a long way to go. Pills are not a magical, it's not magic, but it does give a, it does give a lot of room that maybe you didn't have to work on what you really need to. Assuming that you are working on yourself with a therapist combining pills, I think you should be okay. There's no condition out there that is not, how do you say, it, psychotic, like when you have visions and, and such. Um, that you cannot take care of basically. I highly recommend it did leave me a lot of room even though I'm still like my process is very far from being over. It's a completely different story than what it used to be. A completely different story than what it used to be for me. In case that didn't convince you, you have no idea how many people around you is suffering from the same thing, from the same thing, suffering from the very same thing that you do. And how many people around you take pills nowadays? Or how many of them need to take pills and they don't? <laughs> so yeah, I started to take pills. That was one of my treatment. Another treatment that I want to recommend beside of CBT, especially for OCD people that really, really fried on feedback, whether if it's from themselves, from the condition, from the outside. I went to a... I went to a social worker with a clinical, a clinical, how do you say it in English? Internship? A social worker that basically do psychology. So yeah, this social worker helped me massively. I love you. Helped me massively more than, more than any other treatment. The other thing with Yuki the other thing is to get a dog <laughs> when you have someone to take care of but a bit less of a heavy weight than it is with a child yes i love you it gives you purpose and it keeps you grounded and i think a dog is a fair fair commitment that almost anyone can achieve and also it does good because dogs need us right baby i love you oh you're so stinky oh so Get a dog. I have two, but the other one is a diva. So he's on his own in the living room. He don't want to be with us here. But this is Yuki. She sleeps with me. And I take care of you, right? You like mommy. I love you. The other treatment, and that would be the last one. The last treatment that I want to recommend would be a kind of a new system called neurofeedback. It's something that I pay monthly. Me and my family, we took it very seriously to take care of my condition once it reached to life-threatening levels. You can read about neurofeedback and probably will give you more information than I am. But basically, they are monitoring your brain to see the activity of your waves. And they put a program on your laptop. What this program, what this program is doing while you are watching Netflix, um, then the screen is going to blink 
And at first it's a bit annoying, but then you get used to it. And the voice as well, the volume will go up and down while you are doing so. What it does is basically training the wave system of your brain. It's not going to happen magically. It's a process of minimum eight months. And it requires, it requires great dedication. I do it every other day. Um, we pay about, um, I like to say, 700 euros a month for these services. And I don't remember how much for the diagnose, to be honest with you. Basically, I'm watching Netflix while the screen blinks and the volume blinks. And it monitors my brain. And these blinks are here to make sure that your brain is focusing on what you see instead of other distractions. So basically, slowly but surely, it's training your brain to, to not have the triggers that had him so far all the way to anxiety, depression, or whatever. The wave activity will mellow down. The beautiful thing about that, let's say that you did the process for a year or two, whatever you required, the skill that your brain have will forever stay. It's like driving. It's not something that you forever need to pay for. It's something that once you achieve the ultimate goal, which I'm not there to tell you what it is, I didn't reach there yet. But once you do, it's forever. It's like you learning how to drive. You don't need to go to a course every year to do that in order to remember how to drive. Even if you won't drive for a year, which I didn't drive for a year. And then the second I started to drive again, that was like a second nature to me. So Whatever you will achieve in your brain is there to stay. For me, it's a natural result with no chemicals, no nothing, just a bit of money, which I believe it's important enough for anyone to be able to pay so. Um, and if the results are permanent, it's priceless. The problem, not everybody are aware that this exists, but it helps me tremendously. The thing that I noticed that changed in me ever since starting my treatment, I wasn't able to sleep. It was not possible even if I was going to sleep my anxiety would wake me up and I'm in the middle of extreme panic attack nowadays I sleep I sleep about five hours each night which is for me something that I didn't know how to do from a super young age I I would I always had issues with the nights always 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 I can sleep now for me to be able to sleep on my own I used to panic being alone in my house, in, in, in a house in general. And there was no chance that I, there's no chance. And I used to be afraid of windows at night. And I used to be afraid of walking. I used to be afraid of interacting with people. I used to be afraid of dreaming. I used to be afraid of thinking. I used to be afraid of everything. Because everything for me is a trigger. And everything will cause me to have a panic attack or to take my hair out, whatever, whatever. I don't live in fear anymore. I do have some, I still have triggers that stopping me in a way from fulfilling everything at full, like the loved ones that I have, they are still a huge trigger for me. I cannot spend too much with my mom. Too much time with my mom will make me the happiest person alive at the same time the most panicked person alive. I don't know what I will do today. I don't even want to talk about it, really. Um, spending time with my sisters... I'm just like falling in love is so fun and at the same time to me so scary because I'm not afraid to get hurt. I'm afraid that something will happen to you. And now you're another person that I need to be worried if something will happen. And then I just walk in maintaining you and feed you well and whatever, whatever. It's just tiring. So 
I don't know why I even started to say that. <laughs> I'm starting to lose it. But I still have triggers and I still, I'm far from being where I want to be. But I can say that I sleep better. I can say that I'm happier. I can say that I'm more focused. I can say that I'm, I don't have the fire in me too. I, I don't attract to problems anymore. I'm good on my own. It's something that I never experienced in my life. I happen to wake up at 28 single, but like never happened to me. For me to sleep alone, I, I just told you that for years, I can count on one hand the, the nights that I stepped on my own. Insane. I highly recommend. I will put here the, the diagnosis part um, of my brain. Go to CBT. Go to social worker who have um, some kind of... Go to a social worker that got this... Um, I don't know that they also do psychological treatment or a psychologist that you find good. If you don't find it good after two months, just change it. It's okay. Um, look out for the neurofeedback one. If you need to take pills after all this time, take pills. I'm speaking for over three hours now, so I hope you understand that I'm quite exhausted. Um, I just want to, I'm sure I forgot so many important things. So you you may comment and you may send me messages on, on, on Instagram and whatever. Tala will put, I guess here, that's how you do it. <laughs> Tala will put here my Instagram up here. Um, Honestly, I'm an open book and I would love to help others with my experience and my knowledge after doing what I do with this OCD for so long, after meeting so many treatments. Honestly, I, I, I would love to help. I just, I just remember that I used to take care of cancer people with um, cannabis oil as well. I was so near death. I was so, I, I, I was walking in living you have no idea the, the knowledge that I achieved with my obsession about life, death, health, pfft, really anything you want. Even if you think it's random, you may ask me, you may ask on the comments if there will be uh, substantial amounts of comments. I will definitely do another podcast just to answer them. Don't neglect your mental health. Again, you have limited time here. Don't let that time to be controlled by something that can get better and that you don't enjoy. You're here to enjoy this life. You are here to accomplish yourself. Have kids. Find love. Eat well. Smile. Appreciate nature. Believe in something. Take care of someone and be loved. And if these things cannot happen to you because of this. Take care of that. Don't be stubborn. Guys, I'm still shocked that I shared all of this with you. And I'm kind of, I feel such a shame that I, because I know that I missed so many parts. But cheers to you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for staying with me. Um, thank you for my friends and family that supported me blindly. That literally sacrificed them on time and life just to be with me and support me and thank you for still loving me for throughout everything that happened in the last year and a half two years of me being at the peak of my condition thank you for making me feel loved with everything that's going on thank you for not giving up on me when I did thank you for saying to me that I'm pretty even when I felt ugly thank you for being honest with me thank you for letting me be as direct 
and as naked and I can possibly be and still wanted. I never thought that I that I have the place to share that. And now I know that it's kind of my duty to do that. And I'm getting emotional for saying that, but I thought I'm going to stay completely alone, but I'm I'm less alone than ever. Um, I'm less lonely than I've ever was. And it's only because I opened my fucking mouth to what I fucking experienced and what I fucking feel. And I stopped hiding myself and my condition. It's okay to stay private, but thank you for the people that are in my life. So I won't have to keep everything in private. Cheers, guys. I hope that you feel the same. I hope that you do similar, I guess, or whatever works for you. I hope that you took something from this podcast and I hope that it benefits you because I know that a lot of you experience what I do. Cheers to you. Bye. See you next time.